The Maple Leafs will have a full capacity building tonight, or at least they're able to have a full capacity building tonight. But the real question, Dave, that I want to answer today is how good is Mitch Marner? We'll debate that on today's episode of Locked on Leafs. Your Locked on Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Leafs Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. With me, my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also writer for the NHLPA. And just a reminder, this is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe to the show for free wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a rating interview as well. That'd be much, much appreciated. You can now check us out on YouTube as well. So go subscribe and be able to check out the thing. Uh, check it out on YouTube, Locked on Leafs. And, hey, we're close. What we say? 500 subscriptions, and we're going to do uh, a giveaway here. So we're up to 150. So, eh, we're close. Not really. We could be closer. Let's chat. Yeah, we're, we're chugging away. We're chugging away. But, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Go go follow the YouTube uh, Locked On Leafs. Make sure that you get yourself eligible for that giveaway that we'll be doing. Uh, it's a game day. Maple Leafs at home, back home after a couple of games on the road. They'll be taking on the lowly Buffalo Sabres, who've been atrocious as of late. Uh, not that they were a good team anyways, but they've been especially bad lately. So we're going to tee up that game and, and talk about some of the the new things that we saw at practice today that will be, uh, you know, of note heading into the game tonight. Um, and then also we got to talk about how good Mitch Marner is because there's a chance that he is not underrated, but underappreciated, especially, you know, around the NHL and maybe even in this market. So I'm curious to see your thoughts on the theory I have there. And then look, there's lots of discussions about, you know, what, what's going to happen at the deadline? Is goaltending all of a sudden something that the Maple Leafs may need to address? And I don't know if that's the case. We got a list of guys here who we think are available. And basically, we're going to say, we're going to, like, do we want to keep Mrazic or Campbell? Or would we rather roll the dice on this player, given it's going to take this amount of money? So we'll have just that discussion as well on today's show. But why don't we start off uh, by previewing tonight's game, Leafs and Sabres. It's going to be the first game with a full capacity in, in months, Dave. Like, there's actually going to be full fans in the stands. Anybody could go. But you think that we're going to see full capacity? Because the Raptors game uh, last night didn't. They didn't quite sell out. You could still go buy tickets, uh, you know, by game time. And I'm, I'm curious now, you know, you look, the the vaccine passport program has been, I guess, disbanded by MLSC and, and, and a lot of other places as of March 1st. Do you think that could be playing a role here and in, in people not going down to the game? I, I couldn't imagine the Maple Leafs not being able to sell out games here. I don't think they're going to have, because I remember when the Leafs had their home opener, and I don't remember there being capacity restrictions at that time. There was the vaccine passport uh, that was in play, and the Leafs didn't have a sellout at the home opener. Like, I, I do think it's going to take an adjustment period for people to get into this idea of not. I mean, we've we've had people go to games. Like, this isn't a new thing. 
It's just now when you get rid of the vaccine passport, there are understandably going to be some who are a little bit uncomfortable with the idea of going to a full building without the vaccine passport. Totally get that. I think you're, it's going to be a slow buildup. Imagine. I mean, I, I heard some rumblings that masks could be gone by the end of the month. If people are worried about no vaccine passports, I can only imagine uh, how those exact people are going to feel about everyone walking around, seeing their mouths and breathing all over the place again. That'll be interesting once that kind of comes into play. But that's all just speculation for now. But, hey, it's, it's, you know, it's a game that the Maple Leafs should be able to win tonight, taking on the Buffalo Sabres, and they're coming in. They've lost six in a row, and they're really, really one of the worst teams in the NHL. they got no goaltending. Do you know who their two goalies are right now, Dave? Do you even know? I, I already know it's not their, their goalie that they were expecting to have. Um, oh, my God. Because I know they've, they're on the, like, fifth or sixth goaltender right now. They have in net, and I don't know, there's, as of now, we're recording this the night before, but as of now, we don't know who exactly is going to start the game. No announcement has been made. But the two goaltenders who are currently on their roster, who one of the two will be between the pipes, taking on Matthews and Marner and company, it's Dustin Tukarski and Craig Anderson. Could you oh, imagine? Craig is back. Okay, because he was the one that I wasn't sure about if he was back or not. Yeah, he, he's he's back. He came back uh, maybe about a month ago or so ago now. He's been back for a little bit. But, like, everyone complains about the goaltending here in Toronto. Go look down the QEW to what they got going on in Buffalo. I think you'll be a little bit happier with your Mrazic and Campbell tandem that they got going on now, no? Yeah, I mean, I think they were going to go in with a tandem of, like, Aaron Dell and Craig Anderson to start the season. And I'm just yeah. like... Yep, that's going to work out really well for them. Granted, they're basically in full tank mode, whereas Toronto wants to compete for a Stanley Cup. I mean, I said that as a joke, obviously. I don't want people like, oh, we'll look at the difference. But, yeah, it's just just goes to show that this is going to be an interesting situation tomorrow night. We got the Maple Leafs who are scoring goals at will right now. I mean, they just put up 10 goals on the on the Detroit Red Wings. Maybe they could put up another 10 spot here at home against the Buffalo Sabres with the first, you know, full attendance uh in a while there, but we'll we'll see. But it's going to be a it's it should be an interesting game. I mean, Buffalo is not a very good team. Like I said, they they have 16 wins all season. They're coming in. They've lost 6 in a row. But the interesting thing about tomorrow night's game is Peter Morazic is getting a start, and it's the first time all season that he'll be making consecutive starts here for the Maple Leafs. Um, we both said that has to happen. Uh, coming off the win against the Capitals the other night, we anticipated this to happen, but it's the first time that Sheldon Keefe has actually done it. We thought it would happen in, in Detroit, and he decided to go with Campbell to blow up in his face. I think he's realizing now that, you know, I think he really does have to give Mrazic a run here and see what he could do because he's given Campbell so many chances, lots of opportunities to get his game back and, and try and get the net back. And it just hasn't really happened. And now I think Peter Mrazic, it's his turn to try and get the net and maybe become uh, become the starter or at least get the bulk of the starts. I don't think we'll have a clear-cut starter but at least he's the guy who maybe you roll with if, if you're rolling with a hot hand here. It's funny because I was listening to um, Kipper and Bourne on the Fan 590 and Curtis Joseph was on. And mm. he said he was he talked about a few things when it came to the Leafs goaltending and like Campbell struggles. And one of the things he said was 
for a goaltender, sometimes it takes a hundred shots to build up your confidence, but only one bad goal to let it have it all go away. Mm. Like yeah. I found that to be so interesting. He said that, you know, with the with the issue with the with uh, Campbell letting that one goal with where he tried to play the puck and it didn't go his way, like it's it's very easy for something like that to just go blow up in your face and then you're just lost. Yeah, that seems to be the case with him too. I, I you know, you can think back to a, a few games ago. I want to say was the game against um, Columbus. He had a real solid yeah. first period a really solid first period. And then it kind of blew up a little bit in the second and third period there. Once he allowed like one bad goal and then it was another. And it's like, uh Oh, this guy doesn't have it. And then obviously we saw what happened against Detroit on Saturday. So yeah, I think it's, I'm, I'm hoping that Campbell finds his game. I I really do. I, I think he'll, he'll be better than what he's been in the, in the past little bit. But for now, I think it's, it's up to Peter Mrazek. He has an opportunity at the very least to take the ball and run with it, but he's got to do it. He hasn't done it yet either himself. I think that's kind of the sad thing is that both goalies, when you bring in, uh, you know, two goaltenders and you expect to have a tandem, you expect them to push each other internal competition. They've both kind of imploded here. And, and, you know, we're at a point where it's who's going to suck worse because that's who's going in net. And, uh, you know, maybe Mrazic can build off of the win against Washington in, uh, in tonight's game against Buffalo. Did you happen to get a look at the new D pairings as well? I sure did. That so, was... yeah, I'll, I'll just quickly tell the listeners and viewers what the D pairings are, and then you can tell me your thoughts on them quickly. Um, I put me in a bit of a mental pretzel, not going to lie. I was like, huh, that's interesting. Uh, Morgan Riley on the top pair with Rasmus Sandin playing top pair right side defensive minutes that should be interesting Brody and Hall and then uh, out comes Timothy Lilligren and it'll be Travis Dermott getting back into the lineup with Ilya Labushkin um obviously the the big kind of thing staring at me right now is Rasmus Sandin top pair right side uh what were your thoughts initially when you saw this kind of come across your Twitter timeline today well, the one that didn't surprise me was seeing that Lilligren was going to be the scratch because I felt the last couple of games hadn't been his best. And, like, you know, we have to remember this guy is building himself to being an NHL defenseman. He hasn't had a lot of experience there. So that part didn't surprise me. It was the Sandine that surprised me. And I think you look at the schedule, you look at your opponent, you, you we know that the Leafs have been experimenting with the D pairs. And to have pretty much this is like a trial for Rasmus Sandin to say, we're going to put you with, you know, with with Riley and let's see what you can do with it. Right. Because right now it seems like Brody and Hall, that's going to be a more of a long term thing with Muzzin out. I don't hate that because at least then you got someone a little more stable to play with uh, with Justin Hall. And then like I, I you know, when we talked uh, with uh, Tony uh, yesterday about, you know, having Sandy and Labushkin together. We thought that was going to be the solidified. I just think really the Leafs are just, they, they really want to see what they have with these young guys. Illigren had his chance with Riley the other game, other, you know, in, yeah, against uh, Washington. That was Sandine's turn. It's like almost like open tryouts. We're having tree outs. Tree outs. Yeah, it's, it's time for the tree outs there. Look, I, I, I mean, we'll see what it looks like. Sandine said that he... 
He played, um, well, he played a couple of games there with Muzzin on the right side in the top four, and he didn't look awful. I guess he didn't look bad, but, you know, it's, this is a guy who's naturally left-handed, is more comfortable playing the left side, and now all of a sudden he's going to go from third pair minutes playing alongside a, a defensive defenseman like Ilya Lavushkin to now shooting up the top pair playing alongside Morgan Riley. I mean, I don't think you could get more polar opposites in terms of game style than Morgan Riley and Ilya Labushkin, right? Like you got someone who's going to take off and and someone who's going to join the rush and, and, you know, play a very north-south style of game. And Riley and Labushkin likes to hang around. He's jumped into the rush from time to time a little bit more than I thought he would. But at the end of the day, you know, as advertised, he's a, he's a stay-at-home, stout defensive defenseman. So the weird part to me is just the fact that it's going to be such a stark contrast from, I guess, him playing with Labushkin in the last couple of games to now going up. Not only is he playing his offside on the right, but also playing with a guy, a big-time puck moving defenseman in Morgan Riley. I mean, if they both activate, I think we get to a point here where we got two wingers up at the point because both those guys end up pinching in and, you know, go down low to try and make some plays. I don't know. I'm just playing, but. It's going to be interesting to see how uh, how that tandem kind of works out. I don't know if I see that as a long-term fit, but you're going up against a team like Buffalo. You don't want to say that it's it's a gimme game, but these are the games where you can experiment. And worst-case scenario, we know that Dermot can play on the right side as well. You can flip Dermot. You can play him in that game. Maybe you move Labushkin up with Riley if it doesn't go very well, and then you put Sandine and Dermot together. They you know, been a, a decent pairing throughout the course of the season. So I, I think this will be it to start. If it doesn't go well, you can always finagle it and, and change it. If you really need to, if you need to, if you're getting shelled for whatever reason by Buffalo of all teams, but these, this is the game. You're right. These are the experimental games for, for you to do some, some different things here. Uh, Matthews wasn't at practice today either, but uh, according to Sheldon Keith, that was just a maintenance day but also said that Andre Kasha is day-to-day and uh, might not play tomorrow. I guess he'll be a game-time decision. But Kasha, not the stomach bug that's been going through the room. It's something else. It's, I, didn't, I don't think he said what it was. I think it's just undico- undisclosed is what I heard. But day-to-day is the, uh, is the designation on Kasha as of now. So I would assume that means that Robertson will stick around. Engvall sticks around and... You know, we get four minutes of, of, of Nick Robertson again. Woohoo. That that's the tough one there, right? Because I mean Ang- you I think they're gonna keep Angvel up with Kasha and Mikheyev just to get that. Fits, I like him there. Like he fits there. He's yeah, he's he played well in a bottom six role all season. I don't think he's someone who's gonna come out of the lineup, but more so it's just I mean What's Robertson, what are you doing having him play? five minutes and 32 seconds in a game. It's just bad for his development. I don't know what they're doing there. They got to figure that out uh, real soon. Hopefully Kyle Dubas went down and was like, yeah, if you're going to have this guy in your lineup, we got to play him. Come on. You just saw all the experimentation that they're doing with the D pairs. Yeah. Move him up to the top six. Why? Why? Yeah, exactly. Like, why aren't you afraid to to give Nick Robertson? If you're going to give Robertson Sandy and Timothy Lilligren, what I think are harder assignments, like, I'm pretty sure you can tell John Tavares and William Neander, hey, let's take this guy under your wing a little bit here and give him a real shot of what it's like to be in the top six in the NHL. I, I think they want, for some reason, to give they want Robertson to earn it, 
but he's not going to earn it with five minutes of ice time. No, no, not at all. So we'll see what ends up happening there. But uh, yeah, Leaf Sabres tonight. Uh, that game will be at seven o'clock at Scotiabank Arena in front of what could be a full crowd, but there'll definitely be a good crowd. Hopefully a loud crowd will be treated to a solid game. All right, uh, coming up on the other side, we got to have a conversation about Mr. Mitch Marner, who adds another accolade to his uh, to his career, to his all-star level season that he's having, despite not being at the all-star game, which now in hindsight seems absolutely insane. Um, but that's, uh, that's what's coming up next here on the Locked On Lease podcast. But before we do, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors, and that's Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've, I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm going to stick to it. going to stick to my resolution. I'm going to eat right, and that's thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually do enjoy eating these bars, Dave. I'm telling you, they're delicious. Have you tried the puffs, by the way? I haven't tried the puffs yet. Dude, these things are incredible. Like, honestly, one of the best Built Bars out there, and they, they taste just like candy bars. And puffs, they're the first ever protein-infused marshmallow treat they're fluffy they're marshmallowy they're not just a protein bar they're a treat and they're covered in 100 real chocolate puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors yummy cinnamonary churro coconut marshmallow banana cream pie which is actually delicious by the way um there's going to be some new flavors coming out as well but all built bars not just the puffs all built bars are covered in 100 real chocolate 100 Real chocolate, the low calorie, high protein, uh, high, uh, high fiber as well. You can replace your candy bars with these. They're better. Typical candy bar, usually about two to 300 calories. And uh, these ones, just about 130. So good low-cal snack for you. Go to built.com. Scroll down to the macros charts. will be blown away just how much better these are for you than a traditional candy bar. You got mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. I got these in the mail the other day. Oh, are these ever delicious, dude? Like cookies and cream is that's my thing. And they nailed it. Just nailed it. They are delicious. At Built Bar, they are all about taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they pull it off every time, but they do. Go to build.com, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti with you, the host of Locked On Leafs, your daily Maple Leafs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Also now live up on YouTube as well so make sure that you go and subscribe to the show on youtube and be a part of our 500 subscriber giveaway once we get there we're just over 150 now so it's only been about a week since we got up on youtube and we're already at a buck 50 so make sure that you go subscribe help us on our road to 500 and then another one once we get to a thousand subs as well all right uh, i teased it just how good is mitch marner we talked about it We've talked about him a lot here over the last couple of days, a couple of months, really. He's been just absolutely spectacular. But he got an accolade today that kind of makes you realize just how good this guy is because he was named the first star in the NHL in the month of February. Nine goals, 14 assists, 23 points, leading all NHLers in goals, assists, and points in the month of February. The shortest month of the year, I might add. Um 
Mitch Marner, man, like this, he may be a little bit better than we're giving him credit for. You know what I mean? Like, like, do you feel like he's underappreciated? Just because he's often in the limelight of Austin Matthews. For a while, it was similar to how kind of Dreisaitl was in the limelight to Connor McDavid, and then he won a heart, and then that kind of was like they just got two unbelievable players. I feel like maybe the Leafs have that in, in, in Matthews and Marner. Like I've always said, they don't have a Batman and Robin. They got two Batmans. But like it, it, this year more than any other year, I think it's being proven as such. Would you agree? I would. Yeah, definitely. I mean, remember that Mitch March has taken the, his fair share of abuse over the ever since he signed that contract, right? It's yeah. always been the conversation with Mitch Marner. Now we're seeing, like we talk about Matthew's complete game. Mitch Marner, like, you know, it's not just the offense. He's on the penalty kill. He's the guy that's out there late in games with the lead. Like, I don't think that gets talked about enough, especially because we're always talking about the big plays that he makes. And that's, I think, the part that goes underappreciated. Because I think some people are like, "Uh, they're force-feeding him ice time by putting him on the penalty kill or putting him out in late in games. No, it's because he's legitimately put his time and and investment into being a better defensive player and he's not getting the credit for it i i truly do believe that because he he gives the leafs a better chance to win while playing that role because he's so effective in that role it's nothing to do with with pushing minutes that's such a a nonsense thing for people to say and I, I really do think that he's just he's he's really taking his game to the next level because we've seen him get a little streaky, get a little hot. We've also seen him get cold. Like that's let's also make that distinction as well. We've seen this guy go ice cold, and earlier in the season that was the case for for a moment in time. But over the last like six weeks, since January thirty uh, January fifteenth, actually. He leads the entire NHL with thirty five points. Austin Matthews is second with 30 the next best is kachuk with 27 points so he's leading them uh leading the league by a large margin when it comes to offensive production and also leads the nhl in goals since that mark as well like it's just he's taken his game to another level and it's the consistency in which he's been able to produce over the last i guess six seven weeks or so that to me has been kind of most uh most astonishing and, and m- most eye-opening to suggest that maybe this guy is better than we're giving him credit for. I mean, where I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot right now, but going into the season, where do you think you had Mitch Marner among the league's top? Was he a top, top 10 player, 15, 20, 25? Like, where did you have him at the midway, you know, at the beginning of the season? And then like, where do you have him right now in comparison? I had him in about the 10 to 20 range. I didn't have him as a top 10 player just because it's really hard to crack the top 10 in the NHL, given the different guy, different positions and guys that have really like emerged. I, and, and, you know, the season he had was, was okay by his standards, but I think he probably would say he expects more out of himself this season. He's definitely pushed himself up. Right. I think the slow start. Some people are going to keep him lower just for that reason. Um, but I think, yeah, I definitely had him in the 10 to 20 range, maybe closer to 15 if I'm going to give like a, a round around an area where he was. But, yeah, I think he's the way he's elevated his play with Matthews and the way they've been dominant together and the ways that he has helped the Leafs in different areas. 
definitely deserves a little, a nice little boost there. Who's been the better? Uh, I don't know if I want to put you on the spot there for that one, but like, who's been the better player this season to you? I mean, if you had to pick, if you could trade straight up Mitch Marner for Jonathan Huberto, would you do it? Oh, that's a good one. See, the thing is, is people are going to look at that uh, Jonathan Huberto's contract and say, I'm taking Jonathan Huberto. Yeah, fair enough. But even if you don't even take contract, if, you, if you, you contract a player, it's basically I'm saying like, who's the better player? Because Jonathan Huberto, you know, he's leading the league in points right now. But I feel like I would rather take Mitch Marner, though, which is kind of crazy when you look at it. And maybe that just says how good of of a player, it may be a little bit of recency bias as to why we might take Mitch Marner at this point. But it goes to show that he legitimately could be. I mean, how many wingers are better than this guy in the league right now? How many? Legitimately. Like, Huberto, to me, is, is maybe one of the best wingers. I mean, obviously, Ovechkin's going to be up there. But so, outside of that, yeah, Kucherov, when Kucherov's healthy and going, he's probably the best. But it, it's a really short list. You know, like, Patrick Kane's not doing what Mitch Marner's been doing this year. You know, he's getting up there in age a little bit. No, because if you're going this year, definitely not. I mean, some people might try to put Kaprizov in there, but I don't think Kaprizov affects the game like Mitch Marner does in terms of his all-around ability. But, I mean, Kaprizov has kind of had to be the guy for Minnesota. Um, some have maybe would say Miko Rantanen. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, his... Colorado has really needed him with guys being in and out of the lineup, and he's been in and out of the lineup too at times. He's got that size, like he's got that that size that people love yeah. to see. There was a time where some people would have said Artemi Panarin too, but he's he's kind of taking a little bit of a back seat in terms of like he. I think he's still really good. He's well, Panarin's a- what twenty thirty maybe? Like Panarin might be up into his thirties. He's thirty right now. Yeah, so Artemi Panarin could be on the decline of his career, whereas you got Mitch Marner, who's 24, 25 years old. Like, age is, yeah, age is such a big one, too. Injuries, like, Mitch Marner's pretty durable. Like, the shoulder injury wasn't even his fault. Like, he got got hit by his own teammate. Like, I can't really, you know, I can't really fault him for that one. Um, Yeah, so I think, I think Mitch Marner, has deservedly moved up in a lot of people's eyes. And I'm it's only, I think it's only going to get better for him because he hasn't reached the prime of his career. He's just kind of starting to get there. Yeah. I, I, I completely, uh, completely agree. Like I think to answer the question that I asked you, just to be fair, I think I had him in my top 20, probably like 18th or so. I think I ranked him. We did like a, a top 50 rankings here on, on the network. And I believe I had him in the high teens where now I'm, I think I have him in the low teens. Like he's, he's really is approaching top 10 status. I don't know if I could put him there just based on, you know, I think there's just like McDavid's already up there. Dreisaitl, Matthews. I mean, you've got a couple, you've got a goaltender. Makar is, is up in that boat right now. You know, there's just so many players, but, then there's Mitch Marner, who this season, uh, he's honestly, what's he averaging points per game? Like, he's got to be up there in points per game, too, because he's had an injury this season as well and is still being, has been able to crack the top top 15 in points. 
He's averaging 1.27 points per game this year. Crazy. That's really good. Like in at a time where not like not many people are able to do that, especially when you're you're going up against the tough competition on a nightly basis. Yeah. No, oh, exactly. 100%. And playing alongside a guy like Austin Matthews certainly doesn't help. But, I mean, this guy's scoring a lot of his goals from in tight, too. He's scoring in a bunch of different ways. He's not just getting lucky. He's, you know, earning some goals by going to the net and um, pouncing on some rebounds. He's playing some solid, solid hockey and uh, deceptively, like, a really good stick. Like, we didn't talk about this much yesterday, but I want to just, I guess, highlight it and give it some love. But the goal, the opening goal in the game against Washington um, to set up Michael Bunting like he just goes in on the four check and it seemed like the defenseman was just kind of lazily thinking, okay, I got time, went to go and recover the puck in the zone when it's got dumped in. And Mitch Marner just like reaches out, lifts the stick and then says, thank you very much. Takes the puck, swings it up to, to bunting who's just cutting to the net. Perfect timing. And there you go. Bob's your uncle leaves her up one, nothing early. And it was just like a deceptively good stick. And that's something that he's always been good at. Even on the penalty kill, like, breaking up plays or pressuring guys with the puck high in the high in the point and forcing those turnovers on the PK and going in on two on ones and breakaways and you know having all those opportunities. Yeah, he really uh he's flourishing man and and I think he's he's a lot closer to a top top 10 player um at this moment whereas earlier maybe he was only no, seen as a a top 20ish player. He's he's quickly getting into the into that top ten category. Might not quite be there, but I think he's definitely definitely close. Um, man, we we just keep running out of time here, Dave. We we tease this now for a couple of shows. Maybe we kick the can one more show. The goaltending conversation. Do you think maybe we ha- we we do it tomorrow? Yeah, I think so. Because this could be a Leafs just dominant effort, we might not have much to talk. I mean, we'll we'll see. I think I think we can hold off on on the talk because well, let's here's be real here. The Leafs aren't making a trade for goalie anytime soon. Yes, exactly. That that that's at the end of the day. I think that's why. Like, it's not a pressing need for this team, which is why we have a list of goaltenders that, like, if the Leafs were in the market, I don't think they're in the market. I really don't. I think. This team is going to ride and die with the guys they have in net. I think best case scenario, Campbell finds his game. Worst case scenario, you're rolling with a tandem and you hope that someone gets hot and, you know, whichever one it is. But I would be shocked if somebody not named Campbell, Mrazek, or somebody who's within that organization on this day today is starting games to them in the playoffs or anytime after the March 21st trade deadline. I really don't think that that's going to happen. So I, I just don't see that. Like it, it, you, there's so many needs and not many teams really go out. To, I mean, I think Vegas was really the only one I've seen really push to get that goaltender at the deadline, even though many didn't think they really needed it until an injury came up. That's really the only time I feel like you need to really consider the goaltender conversation when you legitimately don't have two guys. Unless you're Edmonton, where they have zero guys. <laughs> yeah. Edmonton could use a goalie. The guys over at, maybe we can send our notes to the guys over at Locked On Oilers and they could go through, which I'm sure they've been doing for the last couple of weeks, realistically, going through all the options and then nothing. <laughs> like roster moves are made and it's 
roster moves like uh uh oh who's the defense and they just put on the IR LTIR Chris Russell and they're like oh Chris Russell we're making a roster move Chris Russell to the LTIR and then you get just a wave of Oilers fans being like announce a goalie let's go come on Holland yeah they're uh they want a goalie bad I don't blame them but I don't think Toronto Toronto is there yet I I still think there's hope here for Campbell and Mrazek. Um, okay, so that's going to do it for us here today then. Uh, Leafs and Sabres tonight. Puck drop at 7 o'clock. It'll be a full building at Scotiabank Arena. Should be a lot of fun. Um, Dave, now that we're bad, fans are back, we're going to have to get to a game. We're going to have to get to a game for sure. I actually have tickets to an upcoming game. Oh, look at you. St. Patty's look Day against the Hurricanes. Ooh, I will my be. Christmas gift. And I probably got the game rescheduled. Looking forward oh, true. To yeah, because that was like the game that was supposed. Is that the next gen game? No. So it was supposed to be. It was. I actually was supposed to go see Leafs Devils. That mm-hmm. got that got moved. And then the person that my brother's just like pick a different game. Like pick a game from the month of March. I saw St. Patty's Day. I saw the Hurricanes. I'm like, yeah, let's go. Let's do that. I'm pretty sure it is a next gen game though, because they, they were supposed to play it against St. Louis um, before the Christmas break, but it got canceled when they didn't do any of the cross border games. I do want to say that they're combining the St. Patty's day and the next gen game together. I thought I saw that on, uh, on Twitter today. Maybe we'll, we, we can, we can check that out. And then yeah, I'll have to look at that. I hadn't we'll seen that they rescheduled it, but they, yeah, you don't know. They, 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 things are always in flux with, uh, with the way that the NHL schedule has been done. Well, Carolina always plays the next-gen game against the Maple Leafs, and it's always a hell of a game, too, like insanely high-scoring. So either way, I think it'll be a fun game for you to go and uh, go and watch. So I'm happy, but we're both going to have to go and watch a game at some point here. Uh, but that's to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms. You receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. And follow the show at Lockdown Leafs. And you can also go subscribe to us now up on YouTube. That's Lockdown Leafs on YouTube. All right, we'll be back with another episode tomorrow. We're going to be breaking down the game against the Buffalo Sabres. Enjoy the game. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.